Amen and amen. Church of the living God, how are you today? We are living in unique times. I'll say prophetic times, times that uh, we're not accustomed to, but we are going to adapt and we're going to come to the realization that God is pouring out his spirit, pouring out prophetic utterances like never before. I really believe that all that's happening right now is going to create a longing for the house of God. It's gonna create a longing for the word of God. The spirit of God is gonna come deeper and fuller in your life because of what's happening right now. I believe God is recalibrating his church. We, we tend to look at what's happening in our world and forget what God is doing and how God is working. And I want you to know that I'm seeing evidence of it everywhere I go. I'm seeing things that I haven't seen before in the hearts of men and women, boys and girls, and that longing for the sanctuary, that longing to be in the presence of God, I believe is going to increase every single day that we find ourselves in this time of pandemic. And when we come out of it, we're gonna come out of it a stronger church, a better church, a purified church, a church that longs for the things of God and not is so uh, caught up with the idols of this world, but rather sees God for who God really, really is. So I'm excited. I want you to be excited. I want you to take all your fear. I want you to cast it far away from you. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, fear is a spirit it's a spirit that works in the world to confound the nations, but you are not a part of the nations alone. You are also a part of the kingdom of Almighty God. And in that kingdom, the spirit of fear has no control over you. God has not given that to you, and so you cast it away. But he has given you love, power, and watch this next one, a sound mind. We're seeing evidence everywhere we go of people with an unsound mind. They're thinking like it's the end of the world. They're hoarding things like it's unbelievable. And you would only imagine this if you were living in the great tribulation period. We are not living in that time. And we're gonna be talking about those kind of things uh, throughout this series that we're in right now. But I want you to know that God gave me a fresh prophetic word just yesterday, and I'm going to share it with you. If you're watching on the uh, app, you can get all the notes right there. You can download them. This particular word is on your app. Let me read it to you. In the midst of isolation, in the midst of isolation, new businesses, technology, and kingdom initiatives are being birthed for those who can see what I'm doing. Now let me just pause there for a moment. Jesus said, he who has eyes to see, let him see. You see, the physical eye is not what he's talking about. He's talking about the spiritual eye. When you can see in the spirit realm what God is doing, then you can activate the things of the kingdom in the physical realm. And so when we say, for those who have eyes to see what I am doing, I am the God of new beginnings. We always long for yesterday. God says yesterday is just that. I want you to live in the present with an expectation for the future. That's what the Bible calls hope, and that's confident assurance in what God has spoken, God will produce. And so we see here uh, that he said, I am the God of new beginnings. I am always, now watch this, intentional. Do you think God is capricious and arbitrary? No, God says, I am intentional. What's happening right now is intentional. 
I am shaking the nations to get the attention of the church. And we need to be standing at attention. We need to be listening to the Spirit of God. We need to be activating our faith in what we do. God is always deliberate. There's deliberate action happening in our world today on God's part. God didn't start the world, step back, and say, it's all yours. Good luck. No, God is always intervening. In fact, in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible, chapter 1 and verse 14, God says that he created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and they were for times, for seasons, for signs. You see, the signs, God says, I'm going to start giving you signs in the seasons, in the days and the years, in the heavenly bodies, in the world in which you live, and then God is always engaged. God is not unengaged in your life. You say, well, I can't hear from God. Then listen and stop talking. Read the word of God. Let the spirit of God speak to you. God is always engaged. Sometimes we fill our mind or our ears with so much chatter that we can't hear God. And yet God says, I want to be heard. But I speak in a still, small voice. In other words, If you want to compete with me, I'll just back out of the equation and I'll let you listen to other voices. And that's what's happening today. People are listening to other voices. They're listening to the media voice and it's loud and it's blaring and it brings fear to people's minds and hearts. He says, no, I speak in a still, small voice. Behold the works of the Lord. The God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac is with us today. I go on to write uh, these words that God gave me. Don't waste your time worrying about tomorrow. I will release new things. Do you believe that? Do you believe God is releasing in our day new things for his church? I believe that, uh, and it's, he's gonna do it on earth in an unprecedented way. What we've seen in the past with God's released, he's gonna do more than that in the days ahead. We are living in the fullness of time, in the fullness of revelation, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and so we're going to see some things happen. You see, we're gonna see knowledge increase exponentially. There's going to be things that are gonna be happening in our world because of this crisis, that's the world's term, because of this crisis, we're going to see things happening where knowledge is going to increase and we're going to see things happen for the good of mankind that we're gonna step back and wonder at how we were able to mobilize things so quickly. We're also going to see wealth transfer and I don't just mean losses in the stock market, I mean I believe we're going to see God's people's wealth actually increase during this period. Here's what I wrote. Just as Israel plundered the gold and silver, so you will find wealth in unexpected ways. I want you to note that down. God, I'm looking for wealth. I'm looking for stability and security in unprecedented ways. You see, if you start looking, going down the old path, trying to reinvent yourself from the old path, you're gonna miss out on what God's doing. What you have to do is go down a new path and say, God, I'm gonna reinvent on a new path. Because guess what? This is a new day that God is doing in our midst something new. Can you say with me right now? You're watching online all over the world. Can you say God is doing a new thing in my day that I'm going to seek out unexpected blessings and wealth that I never could have imagined in the, in the previous days? Well, this past week I was studying the Word of God and God put on my heart Zechariah and the, and the phrase that day. 
And so as I began to study it, I began to just kind of look further, how many times does that phrase, that day, occur in Scripture? Because you see, it's a very unique phrase, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But as I began to look, I said, let me go back and see when it was first used. And I went all the way back to the book of Genesis, and then I found in Exodus a passage I wanted to bring to you. So we're gonna bring uh, the book of Zechariah into play later, because it's used 22 times in the book of Zechariah. It's used over 100 times in the Bible, the phrase, in that day. Now what does that mean in scripture? Well, first of all, we know it is a distinct day. It's, it's not a day like every day. There's something distinct, and God begins to, to, to use this to teach us theology, to teach us about truth. And so it's marked out in advance. It's not something that just caught up on God and snuck up on God and surprised God. No, it's something that God marked out in advance. You see, God marked out this day on the calendar of heaven and said, I'm going, to, I'm going to shake the nations and I'm gonna bring about a restoration uh, for people that have a heart for God because God has to prepare us for what I believe is coming in the last days. There's going to be a latter rain movement of God. There's gonna be a great move of God before the return of Christ. There's going to be a revival unlike any we've seen. If you study history of revival in, in, in America and around the world, you'll always note that God brings great revivals before great wars. Go back, study the first great awakening, the second great awakening, study the Jesus movement, study all of these periods. When God wants to do something, he first says, I'm gonna give you every chance to respond to the gospel because it's not my will that any should perish, but all should come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so God is going to bring this great move of God, I believe, before we see the end days when the Antichrist is revealed and when the great tribulation comes on the earth, just mark my words, God is going to do a new thing in this distinct day that has been marked out in advance, and it's going to cause a radical change in perspective. Let me ask you something. Has your perspective changed through this shaking of the earth that we're going through right now? I bet it has. I bet you look at life differently. You look at what you own differently. You look at your job differently. You look at your friends and your family differently. Uh, I walked out this morning and I heard the birds singing and I thought to myself, they haven't been informed. The Heavenly Father didn't think it was important to tell the birds about what was happening in our world. They were as happy as can be. And you see, because they understand something that we don't, and that is their Heavenly Father takes care of them. Jesus said all the birds and all the fields and all the things out there, they're not worried. Why? Because life is more than that. It's more than stuff. God, as he took care of the birds of the air and the fields of the ground, he's going to take care of you, and you can sing a new song unto the Lord. Think about that. There's a new song coming out of the church. The church needs to be speaking a new song and needs to be telling people they're depressed, discouraged, and hoarding things in life to say, have you heard the new song that God is singing in our land? Oh, God is sufficient and God is ready and God is powerful. Amen. Well, now let me take you to this passage in the book of Exodus chapter 8 in verse 22 and 23. It says, in that day, just repeat that with me, in that day, 
in that day. Remember, that is a technical term, a theological term. It always has a connection uh, with these ideas of God doing a new thing, God bringing a radical perspective, God changing things up in order to accomplish something. In that day, he says, I will set apart the land of Goshen. Now, what is that, and what are we talking about here? Well, in the context here, the nation of Israel is in bondage in Egypt. And Egypt took and put them on the other side of the Nile in a land called Goshen. And he wanted to separate, the, the Pharaoh wanted to separate them from the Egyptians. And you already see God's hand in this separation of what he's doing. He says, in that day, I'm gonna set apart the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. You see, there's always a land that God has for you that's separate from the land of the world. You see, we think in, in physical geography, but God thinks in spiritual climate. You see, when you live in the power of God, when you live in that climate of God, and you live as my people, that is God's people, you're gonna be living quite differently. And it says, uh, that, now notice what he says, that no swarms of flies shall come there. Now what is going on? This is during the time of the 10 plagues. We're now at the fourth plague, and God reminds his people, living apart in the land of Goshen, guess what? Even though the plagues come upon the Egyptians, they will not come upon you. In other words, God is always insulating, isolating, and protecting his people during times of calamity. You can bank on it. God is always about that. He has not destined his children unto wrath, the scripture says. He has provided a way. And let's go on and read. And it says, in order that you may know, why are you doing that, God? Why are you putting us in a different land? Why are you protecting us from evil? Because I want you to know this. I want you to know I am the Lord in the midst of the land. You see, God needs to be known in our land. Uh, we have on our coinage, we have in God we trust, but that's about as far as it goes for a nation. We're not trusting in God. We're trusting now in everything but God. But I tell you what, God is shaking it up. He's gonna bring us back to trusting in the Lord, where our currency becomes our password. It's gonna become our byword. It's gonna become the phrase that we use. In God, we trust. All others, we doubt. But in God, we trust. He says, I will make a difference between my people and your people. Here's another thing I believe God is doing. He's saying my people need to be more distinct. My people need to be my people. They need to quit trying to please the world, live like the world, think like the world, look like the world. They need to be a distinct people. They need to be a set-apart people, amen. Don't you want to be something different? Don't you want God to call you my people, my people? Now, that day is not just like any other day. You say, well, isn't this like any other day? Haven't we had problems before and difficulties before? Well, remember, we're using the biblical wisdom and we're saying God says there are certain times, certain periods that I call that day. And in that day, I'm going to have a day of visitation. God is going to show up in unprecedented ways. Let me give an example of another time this particular phrase was used. In fact, I believe it's the first time it was used in Scripture. It's in Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 through 12, and it's the period of the great flood, this worldwide flood where Noah was told by God it's going to rain. Prepare an ark for you and your family, and eight 
family members went into that ark and it rained and God opened up the great fountains of the deep. Listen to the scripture. On that day, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. You see, if you study scripture, you know it had not rained up until this period of time. And, and all of a sudden, God says to Noah, it's going to rain. And, and Noah must have thought, it's going to do what? What's rain? And it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. So you prepare an ark for the saving of you and your family. And so Noah prepares this ark, and it rains for 40 days and 40 nights. You see, that was the day of God's visitation. God was doing something in that day. I believe God is doing something in our day. If, if Noah were living in this day, God would be saying to him, prepare an ark for the saving of your family. In other words, you do what I say. You follow my word. You follow my spirit. You listen because I'm going to take care of you in every situation. Uh, I love headlines, and I was reading through uh, different media feeds this week on different subjects related to what's happening in our world. Let me give you the first one. This one's entitled, and it comes from the Jerusalem Post. It says, religious leaders, uh, the coronavirus is punishment, a sign of the Messiah's coming. Now, this was an especially interesting article because it had the perspective of Muslims, Christians, and Jews. And the Jewish rabbi was the most interesting one to me. He said, this is signaling the coming of the Messiah. This is signaling that God is doing something new. And everyone is affected by this particular virus. So I believe, now this is what this rabbi said, I believe they were going to see some cooperation like we've never seen before. And the news reporter said, like what? And they said, well, I believe it may be possible that the Muslims may say, go ahead and build your temple now. Now imagine that. Imagine those, even, those words even coming out of an Orthodox Jewish rabbi's mouth. And so we're seeing these kind of things happening. Another article that struck me, one close at hand to us, 5.7 magnitude earthquake hit Salt Lake City, unnerving residents. Well, I suppose it would. I love how the, these, uh, these uh, headlines come and they just like, it's the, yeah, really? So if you have a 5.7 magnitude in your own city, it's going to unnerve you. And people say, well, is this an indication of the end? No, the Bible said we would have earthquakes, we'd have wars, we'd have pestilence in different places, but that is not the end, but it's the beginning of, earth, uh, of birth pangs. This next one is, to me, the most interesting of the three I'm going to share with you today. And this one was found in the Times of Israel, and the title of it is, Plague of Locusts Set to Descend Upon the Middle East in Time for Passover, and then dot, 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 but we'll skip the Holy Land. Now, this was, not, this was not something that was created out of the religious world. This was not something that was uh, written by a Christian or written by a Jew. This was written by those who study the movement of insects and telling us what's happening on the Horn of Africa, uh, Somalia, different places where we're seeing this, uh, the most deadly form of locusts come, and they can eat the equivalent one day they will eat one day's crops, the equivalent of what 35,000 people eat in a day. And this is so devastating. This has been, this is unheard of in, in recent days. But the interesting thing is, as they're tracking them, they can literally map 
where they're going, and they said, but what's unusual, even though it'll hit Saudi Arabia, and it'll hit Egypt, it'll hit some of those northern areas, it's going to bypass, the locusts are going to bypass the nation of Israel. Now, isn't that interesting? You see, God is doing something in this day. This is a day of visitation. This is a day that's unusual. Unlike any other day we've seen before, God says, I'm gonna show my miracles to my people, the Jews. I'm gonna show them how I'm gonna divert catastrophe in their land, and I'm bringing them back. I'm drawing them back in. As they see what I'm doing in their land, I'm going to day by day bring them closer and closer to me. You see, that day is a day to draw near. If you're living today, you're probably asking the question, how do I get closer to God? How do I hear from God? What is God doing in this day? In Exodus chapter eight and verse 22, it says, in that day I will set apart the land of Goshen. Now what's interesting about that is, he says, first of all, God separates his people. That word set apart means to be distinct, to be marked out. Let me ask you something. Are you set apart? Are you marked out? Do people even know that you love Jesus? Are you living your life in the power and the authority of the kingdom of God, or you just have made Christianity a hobby? You go when it's convenient. Every activity known to man can take the place of church. It's not really that important to you. You figure they've got 52 Sundays, and you'll pick up a few of them here and there. Let me ask you something. Do people really know where you stand for Jesus. You say, well, I don't know. I mean, do people know where you stand at work? Well, most people aren't even working today, and so you've lost that opportunity. It's interesting. I got up this morning, and my neighbor down the street, I shot him an email. I said, hey, I'm going to be uh, live streaming today. Hope you can join me. He said, thanks. I'll check it out. You see, people can, t- can, can tap in now when we're doing online in a way that they couldn't before. And it makes it more acceptable, more readily available. And so we see what God is doing. And then God draws near his people. The word Goshen means drawing near. Do you realize that the Egyptians didn't know what they were doing, but they put them in a land called drawing near. While in Goshen, God was going to say, I'm going to be drawing you near to me. I'm also gonna get you closer to the Red Sea so when it gets time to get out of Dodge, you're gonna have an easy way out. You're gonna be able to go right through the Red Sea and you're gonna see the miracle that I'm going to work in your day. Look what it says in Exodus chapter eight and verse 22 and 23. My people dwell that no swarms of flies shall be there. All right, now, so they're in the land of Goshen. They're in the land of drawing near. When you draw near to God, God is your protector. When you draw near to God, God is your protector. God is going to do something for you. You see, God has a people he calls his own. You see, you don't, you're not a Christian because you're born in America. You're not a Christian because you know, your parents were Christians. You're a Christian because there was a point in your life when you acknowledged your sinfulness before God you repented, you believed that your sins were put on that cross of Calvary, that Christ died for you, that he was buried, and three days later resurrected from the dead, and you said, I believe in that message of God, and I'm gonna put my hope in God, who raises people from the dead and forgives sin. If you've never asked God to forgive you of sin, if you've never put your faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ, I would suggest that you do that right now. 
You see, God brings some benefits to you, not just going to heaven when you die. No, 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 it's much more than that. It's living in his power and his presence now. It's putting fear aside and putting God in the right place in your life, in the place of predominance, in a place of priority, in a place of authority in your life because God has a way of protecting his people and he does it in such unusual, majestic kind of ways. Let me give you a couple of more scriptures here. Psalm chapter 92 and verse 12. 12, the righteous shall flourish. I like to read scriptures and say, what would be the reverse of that, the converse of that? Well, it would be the unrighteous don't flourish. You see, some people are flourishing. Some people are desperate. I see people more desperate for toilet paper than I see them ever for God. I see people more desperate to, to clean the shelves off to protect themselves because they have no faith in God. They've got to take care of themselves because who will take care of me? No, God says the righteous shall flourish. They shall flourish how? Like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. He says you're going to take on the best qualities of every climate the kind of tree, in, in, the, in the climate where the wind is blowing and the rain is coming hard and the, and, the hot, and the sun is hot, guess what? You're gonna flourish like a palm. When it's cooler and higher altitude, you're gonna flourish like a cedar in Lebanon. You see, I'm doing something in your day and I wanna protect you. How about Psalm 91, verses one through three? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Have you found a secret place with God lately? You know, we're occupying our time. I just heard that Netflix was just, was asked to actually slow down some of the streaming because they were overloading systems. Why? Because people don't have, they don't know what to do with themselves. How about setting aside a little bit of time to read the Word of God? How about a little time to pray? How about a little time to go do good in your community? Here at Influence Church, we're, we're doing actually a food drive right now for the Boys and Girls Club. And we're doing, we're doing this can uh, and, and non-perishables where you can drive by here and you can drop cans off. And Because you see the Boys and Girls Club, because the schools are closed, they don't have the food that they can tap into right now. They don't have the opportunity that you and I have uh, because you see most of them are, are ca actually classified homeless. So they're living in apartments. They're living on the street. They're living in three or four families to a house. And we said, you know what? It's not a time for us to be stingy. It's a time for us to be generous generous, amen? It's a time for us to release what God has given us, believing the law of the harvest is true. That which I sow, I will reap. When you sow into people, you're going to reap back. When you sow food, you're going to reap back. When you sow your riches, you're going to reap back. You see, God is a God who wants to always be you, giving you something as you give unto others. And so we're going to do that. We're going to continue doing that until this crisis is over. Every Sunday between 9 and noon, you can drive by. Uh, we'll have attendants out front to collect your, your, your uh, non-perishables, and we will get them to the source we promise you that. He says, I will say unto the Lord, look what he says, I will say unto the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. What is your refuge and what is your fortress today? It should be the Lord. Truly, surely he who, uh, he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and watch this next one, and from the perilous pestilence. Do you know that COVID-19 is considered a pestilence? It's been classified a pandemic. God says, I'm gonna deliver you from the perilous pestilence. I'm gonna take care of you, trust in me. Also, let me tell you something else. I believe that day in scripture is also a day of opportunity. 
an opportunity like we've not seen in many, many years, an opportunity for God to work in our lives, an opportunity for God to work in our nation, an opportunity for God to work in our world, an opportunity for us to, snot, to stop pointing the finger of blame and say, no, we don't have time for criticism. We don't have time for blame. God is opening up too many doors, too many opportunities. We have to get with the plan that God has. And so I started reading this scripture, and I went back and and I dusted off my Hebrew Bible, and I began to dig a little bit into the Hebrew text of this. Let me give you a digest of it. He says in Exodus chapter eight, verse 22 and 23, in order that you may know, and he uses the word yod. Now I'm gonna come back and explain that to you in a moment. That you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the seat. Now watch this, this word midst means the seat of emotion, the seat of thought of the land. I will make a difference, and that word means to redeem, to ransom from death between my people and your people. Now, what does it mean to know the Lord? Well, there's three Hebrew words that I want to explain to you today. The first one is yod. It literally means hand or power or control. You realize that God has given you a hand that you can say, I'm for the Lord. We've got a hand of welcoming. We've got a hand of giving. And that Jesus, when he healed many people, he laid his hands on them to show the power of God and the identification with that person. So Yod means hand and power and control. Yada is where we get our word Judah. And Yada means praise and declaration. So when you think of this, the root word is hand. When you praise, the biblical reason that we raise our hand is Yada. It means to thrust forth the hand in praise. I will praise, I will give declaration to God. Right where you're watching today, lift your hands up and say, Yada, the Lord God be praised, be praised. And then there's a third word, and that's Yada. And Yada means perception or an intimacy. Now when you put all these together, think what he's saying. He's saying, when you lift your hand, in praise and declaration. You're going to experience a perception and intimacy like you've never experienced before because you're acknowledging me. I am for the Lord. Psalm 112 verse 6 says, Surely, surely. That's like saying, I guarantee the righteous will never be shaken. If you're righteous before God, then you are fearless. If you're righteous before God, you're not worried about what's happening. It says they will be remembered forever. They will have no fear of bad news. How about that? If you're righteous, don't fear bad news. I promise you there's no shortage of bad news coming out of the media feeds today. They've got bad news on every corner because it helps them in their ratings. It helps them in everything they do. But let me tell you something, the Lord's not looking for ratings. He's not looking for Facebook likes. The Lord is secure and he says, he says, you can be uh, steadfast, have no fears. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. Is your heart secure right now? Or does it feel unsecure? People are worried, so what if I get it? Well, what if you do? When did you have a promise of tomorrow anyway? The Bible says your life is a myth that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. 
Who told you you had X number of years to live? You say, well, life expectancy is this. Yes, and many people never find that and many people exceed that. The only promise you have of is right now. What are you doing with right now? They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. Everybody that says you were crazy for trusting in God. Everybody said you should have worried, you should have hoarded, you should have, you should have, you should have. You're gonna look at him and go, you know what? The Lord is my refuge and my strength, the very present help in time of trouble. I will not fear though the mountains quake, though they slips into the midst of the sea thereof. For there is a city whose builder and maker is God and God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. The God of Jacob is with us. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That is our God, the God that we trust in that is a God who redeems our soul. You see that word, I will make a difference? This is really powerful here. I've never seen this before. That word difference there means to redeem. You know what difference God made? He was showing Israel in captivity what he was about to do. You see, they were in the fourth plague, but there would then be the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the 10th plague. And on that 10th plague, God said, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a lamb, a spotless lamb. It's gonna be on Passover. And I want you to take that lamb and I want you to sacrifice it unto me and take some of the blood and I want you to put it on the doorpost of your house because death is coming into the land and when the death angel sees the blood, he will pass over. That's where the term Passover came from. He will pass over your house. You see, because you're saved by the blood of the lamb. And when God says here, I will make a difference, he says, you don't know what I'm getting ready to do. There's gonna be more plagues come, but there's gonna come the final plague and this, this death that's going to come on the land because they haven't trusted in the Lord. And it was a picture of what God was doing to redeem his people and to say, let me tell you the difference. It's the difference between people who believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and those who do not believe in the death, burial, of resurrection of Jesus Christ. As I was just going through this, God just began to download on me a prophetic blessing. And I wanna share this with you. I'm gonna read it, and I want you to just read with me out loud, wherever you are, whether you're watching on your, 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 your phone, whether you're watching on the website, on YouTube, on Facebook, all these platforms we have available for you. But listen to what it says and speak this out. Speak it out audibly. I believe there's power when we speak, when we call things into being with our very voice. So listen to it and repeat after me. Every difficulty will become an opportunity. Every challenge will become a declaration of faith. The Word of God activates my faith. I break the spirit of doubt and fear in Jesus' name. God has surrounded me with His holy angels. His Word is my strength and His Spirit is my power. Can you say that? His Word is my strength. His Spirit is my power. He delivers me from the arrows that fly by day. And the darkness is powerless because of the blood of the Lamb. I refuse to fear. Just say that with me. Say it again. I refuse to fear. And I choose power. I refuse to fear. And I choose power. 
Silence the enemy right now with your declaration. Say, the Lord is my strength and my power and my salvation, and I will not fear. Though a thousand fall at my side, I will stand for God. I refuse to fear, and I choose power. God is my refuge and my strength. God will deliver me from the fear that fills our land. Say to fear, be gone. Say to the spirit of fear, be gone. You do not belong in my house. You do not belong in my family. You do not belong in my community. You do not belong in my world. Be gone, Satan. Be gone, spirit of fear. I stand for the Lord. Choose the Lord this day. Choose Him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Lift up His name and be pure before the Lord Jesus Christ. And take Take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Let's sing this together. Let's sing it unto the Lord. And as we do that, we want you to, to take this time to, to give your offering before the Lord. Give God an offering of your worship, of your of your tithes, your offerings. You can go right online and you can, you can uh, make a donation now. You can mail in your checks, but we just want you to know that God wants his church to thrive and we need you to be on our team. We need you to support your church and to honor the Lord. And now let's make a declaration before the Lord. Let's turn it all unto good. In Jesus' name.